If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. He did not have to pay because after it went to court, the Supreme Court decided that there is no evidence that there is a measles virus. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with the wonderful Greg Carlwood a little bit later. People are excited. You know, someone tweeted me today, tweeted us in the higher side chat this morning. I was like, when are the three of you guys going to get together again? Oh my God, really? Yeah, I don't know how they miss all the like posts and people talking about it and commenting about it. But anyway, I said, oh, we already did, and it's coming out later today. Wow, that's fantastic. But he said Christmas in October. Of course, Craig, uh, Greg, Greg from the Tire Side Chats, I've uh, been chumming around with him since the beginning, doing some shows together. We've probably done five or six shows with Greg now over the years, back and forth, black budget stuff stuff, all sorts of fantastic stuff. He's down in San Diego, one of our favorite podcasters, and um, and he makes great shows. Probably one of the, I mean, I haven't been listening to a ton of podcasts lately in general, but when I'm listening to podcasts, Greg's is definitely one of them, and he gets some of the best guests, and it's nice to be able to trade some guests with them, and it's nice just have them in your corner. And uh, speaking of in your corner, we got Graham. I'm wearing my beanie again, Dunlop. How's it going? I think it's beanie for me from now on. Buddy. I would have said toque. I'm going to do the Tim Pool thing. Just wear my beanie. I'm going to wear my toque. I need oh, a I need man. a better fitting one that doesn't get itchy. And it doesn't. My head must have expanded because these are all tight now. You don't think it's possible you shrunk? I want a comfortable beanie. Can they not make just a comfortable non-itchy beanie that just sits there and covers your bald head? I mean, well, if it wasn't so tight. That's what I'm saying. Buy they're all tight. One. They don't. I don't think they. Did they're usually the, one size fits did you all. Go to the toque store? No, they're not. I don't go to the toque store. I'm not going Where to any store it? right now wearing a mask and you know. Don't wear a mask. All that. Anyways, this is a great <laughs> chat with Greg. I mean, terrain theory <laughs> is what we talk about. I'm trying to change the subject here. I was actually looking. At, I pulled out my beanie. I found it on the garage. My toque. I'm fucking calling it a beanie now. Jesus Christ! I found my toque in the garage today. But it's pretty dirty. I got to wash it first, and now it's going to shrink, and I'll have the same problem as you. Yep, yep. But it's snowy, and it's time for the toque, you know. October, you can't complain. October, what? Halfway through October, the toques come out. I might try to avoid the toque this year. Really? Go to oh, I'm going to wear mine Embrace all the, the time. I'm wearing mine indoors. I'm doing the opposite. I'm toking it all the time. All like, the time? You're going temple? Indoor, outdoor. Yeah. Huh. I mean, you should see my hair. It's all oh my now, now God. it's all shoved just, down, but today it was all over the place. You could use a haircut. I know. It, I just and I'm, avoid, I'm avoiding <laughs> and to grow. <laughs> cut and grow. <laughs> cut and grow. Where's the cut and grow? Maybe if like tanned it, it would grow better. Anyways, yeah. If good, you find good. something that works, let me know. 
All right, we'll so do. I can get this yeah. fun stuff. I've grown yeah. it just long enough to comb it forward and cover the receding hairline. I've tried the pills and stuff. It doesn't. None of that no, shit no, works. No, You've been. Yeah. If you I've guys know a way to grow hair back, let us know. Um. Yeah. Terrain theory. You're interested more, Greg. I like Greg, it. Greg. What did your whistle on terrain theory? And guy, yeah, it's it was interesting to talk to Greg when he's like he said at the end, focused on this one topic. Talking about it and, you know, he's kind of become an advocate in a way of this. And I've been flipping over a couple of the different ways it could work in my head. And it's got me, I think, interested enough to pick up a book. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We'll have, we'll have another show on it we'll, with some of the authors and we'll do yeah. some more research. Yeah. We're poking down that thing. Of course, Tuesday, we're having the Thrive guys on again. Tuesday will be live show. Next week, it'll come out. You guys haven't seen the first Thrive. You got to see it. And Second the, Thrive is great. You know what's interesting is how come Thrive never took off like Zeitgeister? It did. It did. did. It? I think it was, it was, it surpassed Zeitgeist, I believe. Did it? It's yeah. Like, it was just Zeitgeist a little more main, is like readily was, available everywhere. You know? Zeitgeist is a little more culty, more cult. Uh, what do you call that when people like. I find that the opposite. Because um, like you, Thrive's on, or uh, Zeitgeist on Netflix now. Really? Yeah. Wow. All three of them were on Netflix for a while, hmm. which instantly has me wondering. I know, exactly. Because <laughs> when you think back, Zeitgeist is like, it, it fits in with a global paradigm a little bit more now. It's just not from the people, it's from the globalists, the NWO, which is pushing forward like digital currency or maybe getting rid of the monetary system as we know it. You know, the great right. reset could be, you know, zeitgeist in, in, in action in a lot of ways. All the 9-11 stuff pushing back on the nation state. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He really is a bit of us. a wild card, Peter Joseph. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Paul, we were going to have him on a couple Twitter times, right? Is, oh, is, is, he, is he? Is he all over the place? Or oh, what? Yeah, what do you he mean? hates Trump and COVID and, oh, yeah. And, and COVID. And America. And, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He really seems angry. Really? I guess Aww. you have to be to be a filmmaker. I don't know. I know some happy <laughs> filmmakers. <laughs> well, Kimberly and Foster are, are not angry. They're That's fantastic. right. They make great it's, films. The Thrive 2 is a great one. Honestly, if people want to watch it before we have them on, I mean, it's going to be a great interview, but they, it's a great show. It, it I'm going to really watch is. it tonight. I was a little worried. I was a little worried. You know. worried it's yeah. going to be woke? Like, yeah, kind of. I just, with everything going on right now, I just you just don't know what to expect. This is like but me it with really the Dune sort movie. of fit in with the... Uh, I might have decided just not to see it. I know, yeah. I, might I, have I understand. Said, I might be done with movies. Yep. You know what? It actually seems cheap to think that something that takes like 24 or 30 hours to go through in a book can be slapped together into an hour and a half or two hour movie. Yeah. Now that I'm like way down the fiction rabbit hole, I don't know if I could like settle into a story that doesn't take 30 hours to tell or 40 or you know what I mean? Like... Really, I'm really into the trilogies or the sets so that you're like, you got four 20-hour books to get through before the story kind of comes. Yeah, but I think the visual aspect of it takes some of that, you know, and it just provides you with that information inherently. Because yeah, you're probably seeing kind it of does, and, but know, it still seems cheaper. You know, you could read a couple pages of description and you just see it for a second on the film and you get yeah. the, the visual of it. Anyways, let's, uh, so I got some synchros from the chats, uh, and I got uh, an email from Australia, although we're not really going to get into COVID too much, I think, but I'm going to touch on this one email and an exemption letter. What do you want to do first? 
of a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. So this is uh, from our chats, glamerica.ca slash chats, and it's the Synchros channel. Is that what you call them? Channels? Channels in the chats, Darren? So the channel? Uh, I think it would call it a channel. Yeah, hashtag uh, channel. Hashtag channel. Um, I've been ha- this is from Chiron NZ. I've been having a lot of mini synchros lately. On their own, they're pretty mundane, but the fact that they keep happening is odd, and I notice them more. Over the last month or so, I would have a... About, I've had about 10. I wish I wrote them all down so I could rattle off the whole list. All I can really give you is a couple examples. As I said, they're pretty mundane and don't much uh, mean much individually. About a week ago, my fiance and I were in a Discord call with my longtime friend, and he was talking about Rose Red by Stephen King. I asked, is that the one where the guy has the little hand? And my fiance laughed at me and said, you're thinking of scary movie. I laughed it off. Anyway, next day I see on Reddit someone had carved out a sign quoting the guy with the little hand in Scary Movie. (laughs) Weird, but not that exciting. Another example is yesterday on my commute to work, I was following a car, and the license plate surround reads, If you're rich, I'm single. I find that amusing. After work, I return home, and my fiancé is watching Lucifer on Netflix. As I was talking with her, I took over, and one of the characters... I look over, and one of the characters puts on a T-shirt and has the big print, If you're rich, I'm single. Again, pretty boring, but when you add all these up, it's quite strange. What does it mean encountering multiple synchros? I'm on the right path. And then Gilly says afterwards, he's like, so at the start of lockdown bullshit in mid-April, I was, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon. The weather was pretty nice here in Cincinnati. We were pretty much outside all afternoon and evening. I have a son, 20, daughter, 15, and daughter, 3. Older two kids gone in my son's car. About five to six o'clock, my youngest daughter and her friend, who is next door neighbor, our next door neighbor, were in the front yard near the street. Semi busy, 35 mile an hour street. Not a big deal, but told them to get in the backyard before some drunk driver runs you guys over. Later in the evening, around 8.39, me and my wife and our neighbor were sitting on our patio when we hear a loud crash coming from the front. I run out and there's... There is my son's car in our driveway crashed into it by another car. They had just pulled into our driveway and got hit by a drunk driver. My son's car was totaled and pushed into my car, which had some damage too. No one was hurt, but it was crazy. And I felt like I had some sort of intuition from what I said earlier. Yeah. To me, that's a ripple stick. So, that is a ripple stick for sure. So Paul Savage, he's, he says, uh, Good old Paul. to Chiron, he says, uh, the Paul Savage 33, I should say, the universe is trying to get you to pay attention. Keep watching and they will keep coming. Eventually, if you pay close enough attention, you'll decide the message. And at Gilly, in these cases, it always breaks down to two possibilities. Either your higher self was sounding you a warning of incoming dangers or showing you the power of thoughts and manifestation in general. I usually lean towards the warnings because the other would be more repetitive or frequent. It's almost like, you know what that makes you think of is like the hairs on the cat. Yeah. It's like the human version of the hairs on the cat. Like that cat knows I'm coming up behind it, even though its ears are pointed the other way and I can see her fur even start moving. It's like, I think, you know, if we didn't have all the distractions and everything and we've like 
stepped off of the natural path in a lot of ways. And it sort of relates to the Wim Hof stuff, maybe, how he can, like, control his body temperature, <clears throat> what other, like, under the, under, under the cover, like, skills do we have of, like, the hairs on your neck can tell you that some fucking drunk driver is about to, or danger, just danger in general. Danger, Will Robinson. Hmm. That's good enough. We are it. superhuman, man. I mean, that, that movie from Caroline Corey that we did that episode totally. on. I mean, that it just shows you. I mean, if you can blindfold people, truly blindfold them and teach them to see without their eyes. I mean, what does that tell you about our about potential intuition or potential other superhuman abilities that we might have? Like just paying attention to that thought that comes through. I mean, the, the big thing is how do you know that's a thought that's coming through or a thought that is your negative obsession? You know, it's, it's that what, what negative stuff do you generate from your own self or what's coming from the Akasha or whatever? You know, that's the, to me, that's the, the challenge. This is why you got to pay attention though. Sometimes it's important. Sometimes it could just be something silly, but other times it saves you from a drunk driver. You know, I bet you there's tons of people who could tell you stories about that time they were just about to step into the street and they looked for some reason when they normally wouldn't, and it's almost like the the third man effect yes, would yes. be kind of similar to that as yeah. well. Yeah. Huh. What else you got? I got that email from Down Under. Ooh, I don't think we have a jingle for okay, that. Okay, that's okay. I'll just read it here. It's a short one, so. Are you to I don't say understand what he says in the beginning name? here. I'm not going to say his name at all, though, just in case. Okay. Hi, Graham and Darren, if you can be fucked reading this. What does that mean? I don't even think he meant to say bothered or something like that. Maybe. But it just yeah, auto-corrected oh, you know what? <laughs> no, that's what they say in Australia for that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just a different form of fucked. Melbourne has lost it. Attached is my exemption from my doctor. Note. Oh, the password. Okay. Look at look at what the doctor recommends. I have no words. Please feel free to read this exemption on your show, but please don't read my surname. By the way, things are getting worse every single day here. So this email came through not too long ago, maybe four days ago, three days ago. People look like zombies. And literally look like they're in a semi-sleep state. I can't leave the house without being attacked by the zombies daily. Mind control, mind control, mind control, mind control. And then the end. So. Did you read his note already? No. I'll read mine next. You, you <laughs> do you want to read yours first or? Uh, sure. Which version? All right, well, my note, my note, my note, my note. This patient has a respiratory illness that makes it medically difficult to tolerate a face mask. That's it? That's it. That's it. But you still can tolerate one, basically, but it's just medically difficult to you. That's kind of ambiguous, really. Perfectly ambiguous. But it works perfectly ambiguous, yeah. yeah. So this one is, uh, this is to certify that Mr. Blah, blah, blah suffers from multiple chronic underlying health conditions. He required surgery when he was a baby for a diaphragmatic hernia. 
Unfortunately, this surgery has subsequently had a lifelong impact on his breathing. The mask exasperates his breathing complaints. So not just his breathing, but it exasperates his complaints. This is probably why he can't understand this mask. <laughs> the mask exasperates his breathing complaints, and it is recommended that he should work in an isolation room while he's working within the school premises. Thank you for taking this into consideration. I'll, oh. I'll take an isolation room at work. I guess. I mean, you know, if you know, if you don't have to wear your mask here, stay, stay in that room on your own. Because this thing is so damn deadly that, you know. Yeah, watch out. Yeah. I mean, this is my, I just, uh, I was, uh, I've saw, I saw some people wearing chin guards with a little clear thing to cover your mouth. I mean, that's really, if this is, if it is about us keeping other people safe, because the mask isn't stopping fuck all from getting to you, keeping but it's stopping your spittle. If it's stopping your spittle, then why haven't we adopted simple little clear mouth guards to stop the spittle? So people can still Don't use their expression, ideas. right? And why they can still... You can wear a face shield instead. No. no. Why, isn't it re- why isn't it a regular thing? You can buy them at Costco, I think. A full frontal face shield? A medical shield. But but people still are saying masks. That's what I'm saying is it's not, there's not a proper, even if they did work, and I'm not saying that the spittle even carries the, you know, that, that it's a. If I wanted the responsibility thing. of keeping other people safe, I would have been a cop. Or maybe a doctor. You're just a nasty person. I guess. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. We don't I, care about other people. I'm a, I do care about other people. I, I just know. don't want to be tasked with the responsibility of their safety. Yeah, it's true. I mean, look, I'm just Over I'm just saying sanity. that it just shows there's no real common sense happening here. No, you know? no. Common sense has been out the window for a while. Maybe ever. Maybe common sense isn't as common as we think. No, but you know what I mean. This is getting out of control. It's been out of control for six months. True. It's getting worse, though. Getting worse. Well, yeah. Well, I got a quote from the Octopus of Global Control. Do you have anything? Ooh, this will be fun. Charlie Murphy. I like that we get to see so much Charlie Murphy these days. Except or some Charlie Robinson. Robinson. Be- beautiful, bald bastard. He's got a beautiful backdrop, too. Of course, I'm talking about the Union of the Unwanted. Which is where we see Charlie Robinson once a week, every second Monday. This Monday? No, next Monday. No, it's uh, the one before the election. I heard you guys had a show. Yeah, that was quite interesting. Yeah, possible show. Yeah, it was very interesting. Huh? You guys been infiltrated? You had to chase someone off? No, no, no. I mean, it wasn't like that. Just you know, just more of a mainstream kind of investigative journalist. It was very interesting, actually. Yeah. Huh. Check out the last union of the unwanted is in our feed, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's 
You won't guess to get the person, but you. How dare you? The Rockefellers and their allies have, for at least 50 years, been carefully following a plan to use their economic power to gain political control of first America and then the rest of the world. Do I mean conspiracy? Yes, I do. I'm convinced there is such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning, and incredibly evil in intent. From 1975. Uh, behold a pale horse guy. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, that's a good guess. But no? No. Hmm. Larry P. McDonald, former chairman of the John Birch Society. I wonder if he's related to Lanny. Yeah, maybe. Lanny and Larry. Lanny and Larry. So there you have it. There you have good it. Good quote, eh? That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Interesting to think about. That's from 1975, and he's talking about 50 years ago, generations ago, the plan to take over America, then the world. Well, and the Rockefellers were the billionaires before anyone else was even close, and now they're not on the Forbes list. Oh, isn't that interesting? Neither are the Rothschilds. Really, A eh? bunch of the super rich people aren't on it yet. Wow. So what is a Forbes? Just like, this is only like... I don't uh, know how it works. People have to disclose or what the yeah. what the dealio is. That's just the Forbes is on paper and the other people aren't even on paper. They're so rich they're not yeah, even. Yeah, and on paper. it's probably so broken up by companies owning companies, owning this, owning that, and who knows? It's a I mean, fuck, it's probably a mess. It's an octopus. Yep. Of global control. Weaving all over the place. Corbett's got a good video out called, uh, actually, I'll link to this show notes. Uh, you know your guide, your guide to the Great Reset. You know guide it's a to good the great, one? Well, just wait. Your guide to the Great Reset. He did one on the Rockefellers. Yeah, I know. Big Oil Conquered the World. Yeah. I think it was episode 300 and 301, actually. And uh, he spends a bunch of time talking about Mr. John D. Rockefeller. Yeah. I mean, it kind of fits in with our episode with Greg, too, because those guys, they... The medicine, the education, and the military. What else were they involved in back then, right? I mean, the oil, well, the oil, I mean, it took over energy. a lot, but I mean, energy, oh, energy, right? Yeah. I mean, they really, it seems like, wow, they really had an influence back then in the early 1900s. Yeah, and now they run the place. Yeah. Via all these weird tentacles. And they can get us their giggling. Wonder what they'll do when they're done with us. We'll just be like AI connected sitting in our homes. Like the Borg? Yeah, pretty much. That sounds fun. Yeah. Maybe oh. we should just surrender to that. I watched Idiocracy again oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. How's that? You know, if you took the part where he starts going tattoo and just change it to mask, it would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, Strangely prophetic. Really? Oh yeah. I could all I could you know, minus the like over the topness of the garbage towers and some of the, the craziness, like the but the like sex everywhere and the restaurants called buttfuckers and the um a whole presidential spin on it all, I could see all that coming pretty close somewhere near there in another fifty years for sure. Totally. I mean, the president's sponsored in that one. Wears a shirt. He's got sponsors. That's where we're headed. Yeah. 100%. Uh, all right. What else well, you got? Well, I got a, I got a, I got a 
project operation. I thought you said you quick one. Yeah, you, let's do it. I want to do it. I, I thought found you said a, you didn't. Have I know, one. but I found a quick one, and it's it's kind of a, it's 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 important one overall. Is it? Yes, it is important. It's very important. It's the the foundation of a lot of this uh, contemporary trafficking. All right, trafficking, human trafficking, kind of shows how deep this problem has been for the last few decades. What's that noise? But it looks military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. Dishfire, Prism, Sentry Eagle, Sigma, Mannerkin, Artichoke, MK Ultra. Operation Project. Project Operation. I wonder where he got he got that. Uh, is that from a cartoon or something, or where he got that uh, initial like? Sounds like the military. Oh, yeah. Must be classified too. Yeah, it's like, pretty good. A good jingle. It's well done. Who made that? I can't remember. You shouldn't ask me that. Why not? On the show. Why wouldn't you know? Okay, this is Operation. U- I can tell you who. Operation U Tree. Have you heard it? Dan. U Tree. Dan. Made okay. It. Thanks, Dan. Dan H. I won't say his last name. Operation U Tree. Ooh, let's hear it. Like YouTube, but for family trees. It's a British police investigation into sexual sexual abuse allegations, predominantly in the abuse of children against the English media personality Jimmy Seville and others. Do you remember when this came to sort of, you know, early 2000, 2012, 13, 14, when this started to get some real headway? Is that, uh, yeah. The investigation. The music industries in the UK and stuff like that. I think I more that. TV, more TV. That started the music. Might have started there. The investigation led by Metropolitan Police Service started in October 2012. Oh, that's why. After a period of assessment, it became a full criminal investigation involving inquiries into living people, notably, notably other celebrities as well as Seville. The report of the investigations into the activities of Seville himself was published as Giving Victims a Voice in January 2013. Operation U-Tree continued as an investigation into others, but not all linked with Seville. By October 2015, 19 people had been arrested by Operation U-Tree. Several of these arrests led to convictions. The U-Tree effect has been credited for an increase in the number of reported sex crimes. While the operation also sparked a debate on police procedure and rights of those accused of sex crimes. So it talks about a, a documentary, Exposure, the Other Side of Jimmy Seville, was researched and presented by former police detective Mark Williams Thomas and was broadcast on the 3rd of October 2012, a year after his, almost a year after his death, Seville's death. So it says uh, it contains several allegations by women who said that as teenagers, they had been sexually abused by radio and television personality Jimmy Seville, who had gained access to them through the television programs he had presented and his charity work. Following the broadcast, many other people came forward to make allegations. So and then I'm going to link to that uh, giving victims a voice. That was a report published in 2013 in January relating to the allegations as part of Operation Nutrie. It was initiated as a result of publicly surrounding the Jimmy Seville sex abuse scandal. And let me just see here. It resulted in hundreds of alleged victims of Seville and other abusers approaching the police and the NSPCC. 
Their claims were investigated and formed the basis of the report and found that Seville's alleged offenses were committed across England and Scotland in hospitals, prison facilities, schools, and BBC premises. Offenses were reported between 1955 and 2009, totaling 214 alleged offenses across 28 police forces. The most frequent alleged offending coincided with Seville's peak celebrity status. Numbers of victims totaled 450, of who 328 were minors at the time. They were between the ages of 8 and 47, majority being 13 to 16. So they reported this as like a watershed moment um, and apologized for shortcomings in the handling of prior abuse claims. So I guess this was quite a bit of a, as well, an embarrassment to the, you know, to the police because what, what do you, what do they do, right? They're covering the thing up for a while and then finally it hits this, this watershed where it just gets overloaded. But this is one that they, people talk about when people have a hard time believing how prevalent this is. They, mm-hmm. they go to this Seville case and this is uh this is the thing they have. Yeah, that shows how rampant this problem is. These motherfuckers. Yep. Scumbags. There you have it. So I'll link to that in the show notes just for people. Well, before we cut out, I'm going to play the whole song. We'll support the show. Go America.ca slash support. If you can, if you guys are getting some value from this show, this will be number 454, I think, or something like that. You know, there's another 60, 70 shows in the black budget, which you give you for free with an email or you get automatically if you support the show. But we don't have ads. We don't have sponsors. We count on, you know, the tens of thousands of you guys that download the show and listen to the show every week to maybe decide to head over to grimeamerica.ca slash support. Decide what the show is worth to you on a monthly basis basis or a one-time basis. Uh, and there's a bunch of different ways there you can you can send some cash our way. If you could, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us feel appreciated. helps us think we're doing a good show and keeping the show going. It's sort of our feedback mechanism here. And it also helps us pay the bills and uh, grow the infrastructure and grow the show, do all that fantastic stuff, reinvest, get new cords, pay the phone bills, all that lovely things. Uh, Gramerica.ca slash support if you can, guys, when you can. I'm going to play this new song by Felix, the King of Jingles, to play out. Okay, hang on. Before we do that, uh, don't forget, check out Greg's podcast, The Higher Side Chats. Use coupon code GRIMERICA to get the second hour for free for a week to entice you into donating to him to get the second hour forever. Greg says he doesn't mind if you even just come in and download as many as you can and then cancel That's a great little marketing thing. Just come in, download your favorite, go through the list, download your favorite ones, get the second hour, and then cancel it after a week if you want. Or or keep supporting him too. Yeah, support everyone He's got some great shows. Check out the Michael Wan one uh, recently. It was fantastic. Michael's great. Yeah. Yeah. We'd appreciate it if you support us and Greg and, you know, cancel that cable bill, all those other bills and start giving an independent media before you wake up one day and we're not here anymore because, you know, this, this, or this platform dropped us and we didn't have the funds to pursue other avenues. Uh, so this one's, I'm just going to play the first little verse of this because I can't help but feel like Felix has been listening to the show lately. Secrets to get a good handle on a better way to live. How does one get out of bed every day in the throes of the apocalypse? 
Should I bury my head in the sand or sabotage their evil plan? I feel really trapped. I listened to it last night when he sent it over, and I was still buzzing on a bit of mushroom, and I couldn't help but fucking laugh. Oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. It feels like an amalgamation of the last few weeks yeah, of the show. Yeah. Should anyway. I, should I bury my head in the sand or thwart their evil plan? Yeah. We'll play out this new ditty. Fantastic number. We got four and a half more minutes of this wonderfulness. Oh, six and a half minutes. Sorry. Oh, boy. Yeah, another fantastic one by Felix Ortega. Uh, Sir Felix at Bandcamp.com. Check out his stuff. Hiresidechats.com. Check out all Greg's stuff. He's got shirts. He's got swag. Check out our swag. Uh, support everybody. Be nice to everybody. Smile at everybody. Enjoy the chat. The fabulous Greg Carwood. fun one for you we have the incredible introducer the infamous podcast host your favorite podcast host from the higher side chats welcome back greg carlwood to gray america hey what's happening guys thanks for having me that was my uh, my best try at a at a carlwood introduction i like it i like it it is that easy i always tell people when they try to do that it's, just, it's that easy um but thanks for having me you know, I put out uh, a tweet about wanting to do more shows, and you guys answered the call. And really, we did just talk about some of the stuff I wanted to talk about not long ago, like maybe five months ago. Um, I'm way more confident than I was then. I feel like I know more information than I did then. But really, I do think terrain theory is one of the most interesting things happening. It's very polarizing, especially in a time like this when uh, people are so attached to what's going on out there and the paradigm in which it's in, which is really something that the Rockefeller started the whole one drug, one bug, one drug thing it goes back further than them. But, you know, they definitely amplified it to the masses. And uh, I know it's a crazy thing to talk about, but I appreciate you guys having me here and we can get into it. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. I mean, we were just talking about before we started uh, recording it. Darren was saying we just got called horrible people because our last episode was with Dr. Pam Popper, who's doing a great you know, YouTube channel talking about the official data. How dare she talk about science and the real stats? I mean, and that's not mm -hmm. even go. That's just at the very, you know, very, very surface level for everybody to, to understand what's going on, not about where we're about to go with this terrain theory. So... <laughs> Yeah, and that's what's crazy. So I think a lot of people who are listening to our shows have done the work to get over their fear of the coronavirus thing, of the COVID-19 thing. I would hope 
Um, you can look at the data. You can look at the testing. There's a lot of different things you can look at in this particular situation to where you say, I'm not that scared of that. There's a 99.3% survival rate, especially if you're not old in a nursing home. You should be fine. We know this by now. I mean, all year we've been digesting this stuff and trying to get a handle on it. But what happens next time? You know, what if they roll something out next year where the survival rate is only 80% or 60% or 2%? You know, like, what do you do then? Because we've been through swine flu, bird flu, all kinds of things. And people probably approach them with different degrees of fear or skepticism. But when you really digest terrain theory, you come out the other side and you really aren't worried about any of these things, the next one, any of them. Um, and that's because basically there's terrain theory and germ theory. And if you go back to when this stuff was being developed, like early 19th century, there's Bechamp and there's Pasteur. And it's very similar to Tesla and Edison, right? I mean, here's another field, energy, which is heavily dominated by the Rockefellers as well as medicine. And you got these two guys, they have different philosophies and theories about how electricity works and what it can do and why it's useful. And we went with one guy and totally dismissed the other guy. And of course, we've done shows where, you know, there are people working on Tesla technology. It does have uses. It's a whole different paradigm. And it's weird because you have thousands of electrical electrical engineers who are like, I know everything I need to know about electricity because they're in a paradigm that seems complete, but it's leaving out so much other stuff. And that's the same with Pasteur and Bechamp. And I, apparently, you know, you never know about a deathbed confession, but they say that Pasteur said on his deathbed, germ theory is, is it's not the germ, it is the terrain. And, you know, basically there are all these attempts to prove contagiousness and they all failed. They have never proven that a person can get contagious. Like, you know, if Darren's sick, Graham, you're fine. Now, it's possible you could both be exposed to the same toxin in that room and you'd both come down with similar symptoms. But then if you went home away from the toxic environment, everyone you encountered would be fine. Basically, that's what terrain theory is about, is that it's about the terrain of your body. And I know you've done a lot of shows with doctors and people talking about epigenetics and things like that, just like me. Basically, we were already almost here before COVID hit and, and threw us all right back into germ theory paranoia, because we were talking about the gut biome. And we were talking about these different things you can do to make yourself not susceptible to disease. And we talked about disease is dis-ease in the body more so than it is like something scary out here to catch. Very similar to terrorism, right? It's like this invisible enemy that is always out to get you. And luckily, we have a major institution willing to fight that bad guy for us. And we're at like an all-time high for just unhealthiness like i mean for the yeah. average huge the average westerner at least and i'll speak for canadians in general because i'm a canadian and i mean out of the people i know maybe not from a sports perspective so there's probably a bunch of sports people that are like you know way more active than i am in that that case but like i consider myself pretty far down the pretty active you know i'm out in the bush a lot i'm hunting a lot i, I do my own meat I'm aware of the organic and I'm aware, but I'm still like, 
if I had to like fight a dude from like a thousand years ago, that dude would fuck me up inside like 30 <laughs> seconds because I've still got, I mean, if I, it was life or death, I might be able to go for, you know, a few, 10 minutes, but it's just like, I really, 10 minutes, damn, they only make UFC like, fighters like, go for 15. No, I'm figuring like, you know, my adrenaline and all this stits coming in. Cause I'm about to die. You know, it might be less than that. I'm probably being, uh, you know, a little, a little, uh, confident, but you know, I just, I've been reading, I've been reading a bit of historical fiction lately and just the way they sort of dramatize some of the battles and stuff like that. It's just like these fucking people, and, and that's all with a grain of salt, obviously. Most of history is probably fake, but I think we can agree that, you know, these people from 5, 10, 15, 20,000 years ago seem to be way more in tune with the earth and living a way the fuck healthier and more active lifestyle than we're going, going with today. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And another aspect of terrain theory that's interesting is it's really just the reapplication of a paradigm that is not based on materialism to medicine. Because we've gone over materialism a bunch of times and how science doesn't have it right because magic has some real effects. There's consciousness effects, psi effects. Consciousness is not just a epiphenomenon of the brain, which is what the mainstream is saying. Placebo. So we know they're wrong. Yeah. yeah, we know we know they're wrong in so many different areas. But COVID hit and we forgot that they're wrong in so many areas. And maybe we just thought that they were wrong because the drugs have more side effects than they do help most of the time in just general cases with Rockefeller medicine and the vaccines. Well, the vaccines exist because germ theory exists. That is the philosophy that allowed for vaccines to even arise. And you know, when you really reverse engineer it all, it's just taking that whole the thing we realize about materialism being wrong and applying it to medicine that it's missing a giant, huge component. And I don't know, I guess that's why I'm so excited about it, because I just really I have no fear of, of catching anything like that. Now, I mean, you do have to come out the other side and say, OK, well, why are people getting sick? And everyone I really trust and like is pretty committed to the 5G perspective. I mean, Dr. Thomas Cowan and uh, Sally Fallon Morell, they just wrote a book, The Contagion Myth. I really like what the Western A. Price Foundation is doing. And I think that, that the 5G thing probably has merit. And that seems kind of unavoidable. You know, like, I guess at some degree, it's like, well, what is the difference if there's satellites electrifying the Earth with 5G millimeter waves versus a virus? What can I do to avoid either of those things? To a degree. But I guess the, the plus side is that you can go around your parents. You know, you can go talk to your grandma right, who's dying right, in the yeah, hospital yeah. because you don't have to feel like you're a carrier of something. Yeah. And, and that is all off. it is. Yeah. 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 Well, so that when makes I, a lot of sense, especially when you look like at the history of vaccines. I mean, you look at, yeah. you kind of look at all of these, these different vaccines. I mean, there's a whole ton of research that that links polio to DDT. And, yes. and there's a whole, I mean, you look at when the measles vaccine and these other vaccines are coming into play, you've already on mass kind of defeated it. And it would make a lot of sense that some of that terrain was the fact that you were cold and wet and fucking hungry six, seven, eight months of the year. And that was mm -hmm. in a good perspective. You know, some of the people are, are eating, you know, not enough food on a daily basis to survive and then freezing their ass off most of the year. 
No heat, yes. no blankets, no medicine, no access to food or storing of food. But I wonder if so does terrain theory make room for that some of these like I wonder about things like chicken pox. Is that something that's just just um some of them are probably almost rites of passage in a certain sense, the ones that are so yeah. completely ubiquitous. Yeah, chickenpox is one of those ones I have questions about, too. A lot of childhood disease, and that's kind of Tom Cowan's specialty is is childhood uh, health and wellness. And in in the contagion myth, they bring up the prospect of, um, of resonance theory, which is like, you know, a kid— it's not, it's just like a part of the prepubescent process is building your immune system when you're really young and going through a few different cycles, like you say, rite of passage. And I know people tend to bring their kids around each other to spread something like chicken pox so that they get it when they're young. And in the book, they talk about that being a, a type of resonance, like it sends off a signal to the other kid's body to like, say, oh, we're going to go through this process right now. I was thinking that um, morphic resonance. I mean, when you, yeah. when I listen to your old episodes, because you're, the two episodes I listened to sort of to semi-prepare for this, they aged very well. They were at the beginning of, one was at the end of February, the beginning of this whole thing, and the other one was Dr. Kaufman in March. And yep. they really aged well. I mean, it was really good to hear your questions and you guys go over all this. And now we're looking back like six months later going like, Unbelievable. Yes, that could make and sense. And I was thinking about the because you asked the good questions about the contagious part of it. Like I heard the other day <clears throat> on No Agenda, this family that came down with COVID, the whole family had it. They all went through the same symptoms. They all had it. And that's the part that I question. Like when you get a cold from your kids that come home or whatever, and, and it does seem to spread among the family and you get all this. And like, how do you explain that? And the only thing from your guests answers to you Made me think morphic resonance. Well, like, not only how that. maybe that's how morphic resonance works. I mean, because I can't, I can't think of. Don't it does we, seem like everybody catches it, and it can't just, just be placebo. Don't we have a bunch of studies that show that if you get like a bunch of ladies together, their cycles start to line up? Is that a wife's tale? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, true. that's true. I that think is a that's true. true. Thing. So then, why yes. wouldn't a family unit that's linked way closer than a group of ladies all working in the same office? Or I mean, I'm sure I'm driving some women wild right now, but I'm not mm -hmm. a woman, so I'm just doing my best. <laughs> I ain't anyway, a woman either. So. You know, I could see that being amplified or, you know, the same sort of thing being in effect. Like, hey, this person has chicken pox, so we all, we're all going to have chicken pox. And then, and then the, yeah. the, the, the benefit of having that is it, it, it protects you from all kinds of things in the future, right? I mean, it really does build the immune system. Yes, in that case, for sure. And there are a lot of questions that start coming up when you start trying to dismiss germ theory. I mean, it's the same process I went through just a few months ago interviewing these same kind of guests and reading these same kind of books. And they would just keep bringing me back to stop operating from this perspective that, well, if it's not contagion, what is it? Because we need to remember that contagiousness person to person, you know, transmission has not been proven. It's in all our heads and it's where we work from. And it's like you get into this thing where if you can't prove every single case, then you default to germ theory. But it's like, you know, you have to prove it before that's the official thing. And that hasn't been done. So uh, there are a lot of questions still, even in the contagion myth, they talk about a lot of really interesting and creative things that were kind of mind blowing, but they still say like, we need to do more research. We need to apply an entire field of research to this. Like there are still questions, but what they're confident of is that it's not person to person 
contagiousness. Well, One they, of the weird ideas. Oh, sorry. Go do, ahead. No, no. Do they know how yawns are contagious? Yeah. I mean, I don't think they've even That's, figured that out. I mean, you yawn right. and somebody else has the desire. They just yawn. Like yes. you cannot help it. Some biological functions like that are contagious. Why couldn't a flu-like response also happen that way? And what would be the point of that? Well, evolutionarily, one of the points would be, let's say there's a toxin in that room and it's only on, you know, Graham's side. Right. You know, and Graham starts, his body starts like sweating and showing signs of illness. You know, then you're going to, your body might do the same thing to signal out like that there's a toxin around here. And prepare for it. Prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what grass does. When you cut grass, uh, it releases a chemical signal to the other grass blades in the area like, hey, somebody's coming along and chopping our heads off. And you should know about that. Not that the grass can go anywhere, but there are processes in, in evolution that are warning signs that are kind of communicable, but it's not necessarily that you're going to die from this virus you just got. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's one way to look at it. Another example I love in the the contagion myth is comets. So if you adopt a more electric universe type of paradigm and you realize that effects on the electrical body have huge effects on our health. uh, Back in the day, they used to be very cautious when they'd see a comet. They thought it was a harbinger of doom. Well, it first off, it changes the electrical environment which is what 5G does, which is what radio waves and uh, uh, radar did, which is what the the Spanish flu was. And that's what they were putting out during the time of the Spanish flu is all these sailors getting sick. Well, what are the sailors coming off of? These big giant ships with radar and radio waves, fresh new technology that's making them all sick. So comets can essentially do the same thing in a pre-technological society. And also, they hit the ground and kick up all kinds of crazy stuff. There is a book called New Light on the Black Death, The Cosmic Connection. And in that book, this guy who I can't remember his exact field of research. It's I think a it was total, geology. It's a, it's a tree ring researcher. He's a yes, tree ring researcher. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I wrote down is they were finding he, he, he saw that there were uh, tree ring anomalies that matched up with the Black Death. And it's ammonium. Well, ammonium is not is toxic. So why was there this ammonium in the air? You know, essentially, it's because a comet hit and kicked it all up and people everywhere were getting sick. Yeah. And they thought it was a contagious thing, but it's just a toxic environment. So toxic environments can exist. Uh, I actually some some people who are big on terrain theory, they dismiss mosquitoes. I don't think you need to dismiss mosquitoes any more than you need to dismiss vaccines. A, a mosquito can land on you and inject something in like a, a you know, some kind of uh, bacteria under your skin, you're going to get sick, like malaria. Yeah, you know, or so, Lyme disease. Yeah, exactly. I think you can get bit by a tick or a mosquito and get sick, but that's not the same as being in the same room with someone. And so that, when I asked, when I started the interview with Sally, I asked her, like, how do you get this started? Or what's the pushback you find is, is most common? And she's like, well, most people just don't even know what I'm talking about. Most people don't understand that it's a very specific thing we're talking about, that person-to-person transmission. They start equating it to, oh, so what, what do you mean you can't get sick? I've seen kids get sick. And it's like, yeah, of course people get have effects from being exposed to toxins. That's how I would describe it, as opposed to viruses. And another doctor I interviewed was like, you know, when I was in med, med school, they said, uh, we know there's no good bacteria. 
And that's clearly not true because we have the gut biome and we found out now that bacteria can be hugely beneficial. But we also have a virome in our body and they don't know what it does, but they know it contains like hundreds of thousands of so-called viruses. Some doctors would call them exosomes and say that they are excretions of a, a toxic cell. So like if your cells are toxic, let's say you got some kind of poison in there, an exosome would kind of branch off of that cell and like a sponge, try to take that toxin away from the crucial parts of the body. That's how it's like a detoxification process. But if you take two people that are sick and you look at them under a microscope and you see this weird thing, well, the doctors say that's causing the disease. Right. That's not causing the disease. It's just in both sick people. Right. So I find this stuff to be really uh, empowering because you realize you do have more control over your health. It's not like getting struck by lightning. You know, the news wants us to think that any one of us could just get struck dead by this thing. So we need to do all these protocols and you just realize it's all bullshit and all your fear kind of goes away. And uh, I don't know. I think I think it's it's kind of nice. Does it have you second guess in the city? Uh, a lot of things have me second guessing San Diego <laughs> in particular. I mean, it is a Navy city. It is a, a, a 5G rollout early adopting smart city. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is pretty concerning to me, but this is where my network is. And I think about the importance of a network in the yeah. next five five years or so. If I move somewhere else that I also can't get water, no one there is going to want to give me water. I don't know anybody who gives a fuck about me. Well, so, you probably do more than you think with your show. Well, maybe. I, mean, I have probably, a unique situation. Yeah, yeah. But the people who would sacrifice some of their water for me, live here. And so I'm going to live here and I meet me with them. You know, a network is very important. So I wish yeah, it was a better place. Yeah, That's a good point. So what, what about the 5g? I mean, the, you know, talk a little bit about that and your research in regards to COVID and all. And I thought that paper came out that was kind of actually looked like it was creating uh COVID like in this, in the skin. And then like you could misinterpret it as COVID or maybe it was, but then I thought the paper was actually redacted or, uh, or retracted, 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 and redacted, redacted yeah. then retracted. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember <laughs> that or was that, does that, that have anything I, to do with it? That I don't really remember. And the, with the 5g connection, I am still a little iffy, but it has to be something like I am not one of these people who says nobody's out there getting sick. Yeah. People are getting sick. It makes sense that it would be 5g. Like there are, Outside of the science itself, there are other things that make me think it would be like right when this happened in early March. What were all the memes about making us look stupid? It was all the 5G connection memes. Yeah. Now, if you go through Reddit and you look at some posts where people they're like, hey, this is a throwaway account, but I wanted to let the world know what we're doing at my job. And it's these people talking about data collection and and using algorithms to uh, put out certain opinions when they want to control the narrative. If you read these posts from people, this is exactly how they do it. They take what they don't want people to uh, to learn and they put it right out in front and make it a conspiracy. And that was the 5G thing right away. It, everything was that. And it was then they so shut much it down. Like, and then they yeah, shut it exactly. down. And then it, it goes make, away because you know, everybody's already been sense cold. with older people because i think that yeah. what you would start to see is the same thing you're talking about when you with the spanish flu in the early 1900s i think if if now if we're going to take the angle that COVID is maybe you know caused by 5g or some sort of other telecommunications waves 
then it would make sense that the people who have spent most of their life evolving without that around it, like me and you have been brought up in a world of radio waves. Whereas some mm-hmm. of these people over 75, they might, their bodies right. Remember a time when they weren't inundated by radio waves most of the time. And these radio waves just keep getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And we were born in radio waves. So we're kind of used to it. And it's kind of like, you know, that, that angle, and I haven't been a 5g guy, but it does kind of start to make sense on why the older population would be, would be more affected. Yes. What another about, interesting go ahead. Sorry, go another ahead. interesting point. When I asked Sally, I said, Well, why aren't kids more affected? Because if this is 5G, you would think that you know kids are uh, are the weakest among us, just as just as weak as old people, and they're walking around in the same fields, you know. And she said, Well, actually, a lot of kids aren't. You might see kids that are involved with cell phones and computers too early, but they're gonna be four, five, six before that even starts. They're not gonna be one to three. You know, the one to three year old can barely walk or do anything. They're not holding a cell phone screen and playing a game. And in nursing homes, there's a lot of electrical equipment. It's a giant electromagnetic soup with all the monitors and all that stuff they have in there. So I thought that was an interesting point. Um, I don't know if it has any merit, really. I'm I say this to a lot of my guests that we have so many toxins in our environment. How can you isolate any one thing? I know a lot of people are sick. A lot of people are exposed to glyphosate. You know, it's been a problem. Cell phones have been a problem since they've been around. It's not just 5G. So our food is worse. The air is worse. The water's worse. I mean, people are on all kinds of pharmaceuticals. We've all been vaccinated. So I think when you've been vaccinated, it's kind of like all bets are off because we know from vaccine research that things come back later. Or if you're exposed to certain things, Later in life, because you were vaccinated for them in the beginning of life, like they have worse effects. You know, the flu vaccine makes you more susceptible to a bad flu later. Uh, That was a big thing in Italy. They were saying that maybe all these people were extra sick because they have a really vaccinated population. They really drink the Kool-Aid on that stuff. And I think that's a factor. So I try not to be like, I know it's 5G because I just... I don't, but uh, it's a definitely a likely candidate, and it probably is something that puts people over the edge when they're already very close to it. What about what about speculating on the current COVID situation with the death rates that are completely low, the test cases that are going through the roof, and the original death rates or the actual you know the the peak that happened in March April kind of thing? I mean, do you think that that was all? Is that just all a lot of? And we know they're fudging the death certs and there's you know evidence that people are being paid to even put that on the certs and people are offered money for them to allow that to happen to their family members so is that all do you think that increases a lot of fuckery in there or is or or why would the death rate then go down towards where it is now taking this theory into account Right. There would be a lot of reasons. One of the big ones is probably the ventilators. We have had whistleblowers come out and say that the ventilators were not the right move in this case. And in fact, they were killing a lot of people. Once you were put on a ventilator with these symptoms, there was an 80 percent chance you were dead. Well, that's a lot of people. So if the ventilator didn't help and most of the people who were on one died, that's really sad because they do put you into a, a medically induced coma you know, you come in because you're having a hard time breathing. Now you're in a coma. Thanks, doc. And they, they shove this thing down your throat and you just never wake up. And it's like, man, maybe if you would have just stayed at home and stayed in bed and 
drank some unpasteurized milk and had some bone broth. Now I'm sounding like the Weston A. Price Foundation. But, you know, you do these things to build up your immune system. Maybe you would have came out of it okay. Another possibility is if you read Arthur Furstenberg's The Electric Rainbow and he talks about the electrification of the earth and the technologies that have changed the electrical environment and there being massive illness during those periods, it's a little weird, but he says that it kills a bunch of people and then we quickly adapt and the people that do adapt live longer lives, but weaker lives. And I, that's weird, but that's what his conclusion is. And, you know, we know there's a lot of people who have good books and good data and they get some things right and some other things are a little iffy. I'm not I'm not sure about that one, but that's what he says. So could it be possible that they rolled out 5G, a bunch of people died and then they some people got sick still, but they it wasn't as deadly because I do think that we have a pretty intelligent system. And it's here for man. I mean, not to get all spiritual, but I just don't think that this whole idea that viruses could just wipe out humanity, that's not what this system is for. It's not for viruses to reign supreme. And yeah, there are things that are dangerous, but I, I'm not scared of nature, you know, as much as uh, the system would want us to be. And, and that's kind of, I guess, my overall attitude about it. About everything, you know, this is this... This kind of uh, arrogance that modern man has that he's got it all figured out. And it's like, you know, I, I, I trust I'm the same way. I trust Mother Nature a lot more than I trust anything that, you know, a couple hundred, you know, at, at best 150 years of research says it's OK to inject the entire population with heavy metals and stuff because, you know, safety. Right. And I and, mean, it's fucking super clear that these diseases weren't fucking wiping people out at the vaccine's inception. So, I mean, it was it was a cash grab from the beginning. I mean, I think I'm of the belief that when they started, they didn't weren't expecting to be fucking people up quite on the scale that they are. But I, I don't know. I, I take it from I kind of continually go back to the stupid, greedy humans over the grand Illuminati outlook over over time but i mean i've got room for both <laughs> well this is a little bit of both because all i'm really saying is that when there were two competing theories when medicine was very new and western medicine didn't know a lot they went with the theory that would sell more drugs it's that simple it is it is the same story it is just the greed story applied to medicine because you had to justify pharmaceuticals because there were a lot of things out there. That's the other thing, not to go on another tangent, but uh, we've done shows where people talk about Ayurvedic medicine or Chinese medicine or indigenous medicine, and we find a lot of merit in that. Food be thy medicine, you know, that kind of perspective. Well, all these paradigms, like Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine, let's say, they are ancient, and neither one of them, funny enough, have contagion as part of their paradigm. Interesting. That's so a really start, interesting way to you're go. You're like, oh, this is just a Western medicine thing. Yeah. You know, this is something I heard Tom Cowan say the other day. That's and it blew my mind in the same way. And it's like, yeah, you would think that if this was so matter of fact true, that it would be across all medicine, ancient, indigenous, it shouldn't matter. But it seems to be a construct of Western industrialized medicine. First they wanted to sell the drugs. One drug, one bug, one drug, and then the vaccines. And both of these things, all the products of Western medicine have been sold under the pretense of germ theory. That's why they never talk about 
our immune systems. Yeah. You know, it's just like, if you get sick, come see the doctor, he'll give you a pill. That's all they got. Not only that, I mean, people always want to talk about the, the oil industry is running the world or I mean, the defense, the defense industry is trouble. And you know, I'm not defending the oil industry either, but in a lot of ways, I feel like the oil sells itself. Like none of us are, we don't really have an alternative. That's not to say some haven't been smothered or this or that, but everyone's going to buy gas tomorrow. And when it gets cold in the winter, everyone's going to turn on the heat. But the pharmaceutical seems to be this, this industry that has to constantly keep m- manipulating That's, us. Well, they talked us. about they found they have to find their markets. Exactly, they have to That's learn how to market the their stuff. So. That's why they own right. all the TV. Like this is the the conversation I have with uh, Natasha sometimes. Is that do you think that that Merck is like the number one ad buyer for every major fucking network in the U.S. Because people are actually, do you think the return on investment is that people see a Merck commercial and they're like, oh, with all the side effects man, and they want to go you and know, buy and it? they've got 20 sides. Like, you know what? I do need uh, whatever this pill is. All right. You know, it's just like, it's becoming more and more clear to me that in, in, in 90% of cases for big dollar ad buyers, there is zero chance that the ad is there for a return on investment. Right. Which all the, all the ads the are just drugs and cars. Yeah. Which no, no, but it's not for profit. It's for messaging. It's to keep everything else out of, it's, out of there. They're basically buying the network because now you can never say anything because what's the thing you always hear on the network? Oh, Hey, you're pissing off the advertisers. You're pissing yes. off the advertisers. Yes. So I'm, I'm firmly of the mind that the reason you see so many pharma commercials, I mean, do it. Ask a hundred people, you know, if they know anybody that has ever bought a drug because of a commercial they've seen on TV, and then decide right. for yourself why the drug companies are spending, you know, tens of billions of dollars a year on advertisements. Well, the doctors would be the ones to ask. Like, ask your doctor. So go to ask the doctor and say, are people coming to you and saying, hey, would Lipitor or whatever the next one is, would, would that be right for me? Ask your doctor if it's right for you. <laughs> like, did they, did doctors really get asked those questions? But I think uh, I think it makes sense. You were talking about I think it was the elect the electric rainbow one that you were talking about, where where you get this influx of this thing, and then I I feel like what might be happening is that morphic resonance again, where the bodies are we're naturally protecting each other and ourselves through that. I mean, we all know that materialism is wrong, and the con- we're all right. connected through the consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's almost like an electromagnetic herd immunity. Yeah, so maybe some people, yes, like they, they're not, their bodies aren't gonna gonna survive it, but it it does end up spreading so that we are protected in some way. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of, I'm trying to wrap my head around it because I wasn't really ready for what for this conspiracy in a way. But no, I'm but I'm, I'm warming I'm warming up to it a little bit. When you think now, about that already. materialism, it's just another yeah. prong of that materialistic yeah mm-hmm. paradigm paradigm yeah. yeah. And that, that materialistic paradigm is breaking down all over the place. So it makes yeah. sense for them to start throwing more shit at it. Yes. So I've yes. been really surprised at how blatant and, and it over- worked. I mean, that's the thing. We all got to agree that it worked because even the yes. people in our community that should be somewhat immune to the bullshit are fucking lapping it up because it's health. It's this true. Different. And, uh, and you had a great interview with Gordon earlier in the year. Uh, I tweeted it out and was 
just a, a big fan of that show because you guys were really just talking about being a podcaster in this space in 2020 and kind of it's very cathartic for me, you know, just hearing all the same complaints. I just scream in my own head being voiced between you guys. And that is one of the big factors is this year we have seen a fork in the road between people who are serious about this material and wanting to get to the truth of things and being unbiased and wanting to help people versus people who were LARPing. They just thought it was fun and provocative. And it's cool to talk about aliens because when this thing hit, there were either people who tried to figure out what was going on, took a step back and like, you know, hold on a second. I don't know what this is, but I know I can't trust the media. I know I can't trust Bill Gates. I don't trust Johnson and Johnson to make a fucking vaccine, you know, and it really drew a line in the sand between, you know, one camp and the other. And I think without naming names, I'm dancing because I don't want to name names. But we know people who we thought. Uh, believed all the same things that we believed. And then when this thing hit, they suddenly turned tail and started lapping up everything that corporate media had to say. And uh, it, it was sad to see, but cathartic to hear you guys talk about it because yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah, it was cathartic for me too because it was the first time that when Gordon asked that question, when I really thought about that's what's happening right now. We're living mm -hmm. through this conspiracy and we're talking about it and we have to figure out how to approach it and how to talk about it. And it seemed... It seemed crazy making in a way. And it was really good yeah. to think about that's why I'm so uncomfortable right now. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to be a voice for what we think the truth is right now. I mean, it was really that, oh, are yeah. you ready to, to fight for this? And then as we got along and with the data showing what a farce this whole thing is, I mean, I don't even, you know, even if masks and all the social distancing worked, I still think it's the wrong way to go about it. I mean, I'm so against, and now I'm so far against what's happening. It's, it's, yes. it's unbelievable. And it's super disappointing. And also, even what I said, I think I said this with Gordon's interview is no touching. I'm, I'm flip-flopping between super disappointment in, in humanity for just going along with this whole thing and grateful to have people like yourselves to, to talk to. And I do have a, a huge support network of people, family and friends that I can talk to you about all this. Yes. Well, I mean, some people can talk about aliens and be fine, but they cannot talk about this kind of stuff and be unemotional about it and really just focus on data and, and try to at least get to the, the truth. And, you know, that question of are you ready to talk about this stuff? Are you like it is it is a serious question because, um, you know, you'll hear people like Rogan talk about his responsibility. And anytime he says something, a lot of people do kind of follow along. And I oscillate between having a responsibility and not. Because the responsibility is really the individuals on what you do with the information you take in. And I don't want to think too much about my responsibility to, you know, corral all information into a box that I think is accurate. Because that's just not the way I really operate. But with this thing, it has taken me months and months and months to finally feel pretty ready. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I can connect you to the right resources. And if you read the books that I read, I think you probably get on the same page as me. And people could say, well, that's selective data, but it's like, there's a lot more of it than you realize. You, yeah. it, this isn't just one or two books. And a lot of them came out way before it was trendy. And some of them re-released and just threw like COVID in the name along with everything else. Like one's Virus Mania. It's a good book. And it used to be called Measles, Swine Flu, Cervical Cancer, Avian Flu, SARS, Hep C, AIDS, Polio, why none of them are real viruses and how the medical industry continually invents epidemics, making billion dollar profits at our expense. It's a hell of a tongue twister. And they re-released it and just threw 
COVID-19 in there too, because they've already done this. They're already on the page that viruses aren't contagious. And that is why when this thing happened, none of the data really makes sense. None of there are all kinds of things don't make sense. Gavin Newsom's office the other day just tweeted that, hey, if you're going to go out to dinner with your friends and family, when you sit down for a meal, make sure to put on your mask between bites. That's an adult man telling people that when they're eating a hamburger to put on their mask between bites so that they don't get everybody sick. Like, doesn't even make sense. Wouldn't you actually be spreading more germs when your fucking mouth is open and you're chewing shit? Like, you you know, it just seems like if that was the vector in which people were getting sick, like so much of it doesn't make sense because they're operating on a faulty foundation. And there is a responsibility. But, you know, when you guys were on THC, it was mainly about vaccines because you've done the deep dive on vaccines. And that is an area when it comes to health. I do get into that responsibility area. I don't want to have on 10 guests in a row saying vaccines are bullshit if I haven't at least done some research on the side that seems to support that conclusion. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. is the same thing. The medical space is the one area where I do kind of feel a responsibility. You know, like we can talk about aliens and demons and this, that and the other. But I, I wouldn't want to lead anyone astray when it comes to their health. Yeah, I mean, but I think you approach it similar to we the way we do and some of our other peers is we're, we're not approaching it from a, you know, I'm positive about this. This is sure. We admit when we're speculating, we entertain different yeah. ideas and all that. And we're not, you know, I mean, I've heard, we've heard feedback people, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, yeah, of course, I don't know what I'm talking about a lot of times. I mean, I don't have all the answers. And it's okay, I think, to say that and to ask the questions and mm -hmm. explore different ideas. Um, I've become are, a sorry, oh, I was going to say I've become a big fan of No Agenda this year. It took oh, me a wow, while wow. to kind of get on the No Agenda bandwagon. I feel like sometimes it's not a show you can just jump into right away and, and be into because they, they're a little slow to get started sometime. And it's yeah. more of a community. And yeah. I get that. But when you listen to them dissecting news clips from this particular year, yeah. when they're the only ones in the world who can do it and still joke about it, it it's, again, very cathartic. It really takes a takes the air out of uh, all the stuff they're saying. And I love hearing them digest that stuff. Yeah, it's been yeah. also good medicine. Yeah, definitely. Have you been surprised at how blatant and overt this big pharma push is? I mean, big tech and big pharma, and to see these doctors getting censored, to see any kind of alternative health, I mean, whether it's vitamin C or vitamin D, I mean, talk even just talking about vitamins and mm -hmm. these doctors, that these holistic doctors that have like 100% success rates on dealing with people sick with COVID. Yeah. Um, it's just, I cannot believe how blatant the big pharma's censorship has been and big tech along with it. I mean, they're really doing, yeah. it really feels like this final big push towards it control. Does. Yeah, it does. It really does. And, you know, you, you, you were saying how you, you don't want to you don't think about the big grand conspiracy. Well, we just acknowledge that Big Pharma kind of owns the media networks and they're so in lockstep with the tech industry and all, with all this covid stuff. It's kind of hard to, to say there's any really anyone that, you know, anyone else out there except the big cabal who seems to have their agenda in every little area. But I am a little it's surprised. The same guy. I mean, let's not forget that, like the biggest name in tech. And the yeah. and the biggest name in vaccines are the same guy. Yes, and a guy that and is not a doctor. Let's not forget MS in MSNBC stands <laughs> for Microsoft. And he also made the computers who got the most viruses. But he's going to tell us how to stay safe. You know, <laughs> I just think that's interesting that he 
called them viruses. And I mean, I don't know if he named them viruses, but he made this operating system that was susceptible to all kinds of problems. And now he's the guy who's like, well, I can fix people. You couldn't fix the machine you built, but humanity is way more complex. But sure, go at it. But, you know, the conspiracy has always been that they wanted to push us towards a one world government and a one world religion. And I really do think that that is big pharma. I think they've done the, the work to make that the religion. Science is the religion. I did an interview with Chris Stoles earlier in the year. And, you know, it's fantastic. It's Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I really shouldn't even reference it for this because it's the part we didn't get to and I was trying to get to it. But he has done a deep dive in guys like James Randi and the whole skeptics movement of the 90s, along with the guys who are the head atheists uh, like Christopher Hitchens and Steve uh, Dawkins, Richard Dawkins, 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 I can't ever remember. So these guys in the 90s, were seeding the roads that we're on now because they took spirituality out of the puzzle. If you are an atheist, you're an intelligent person. But yeah. if you believe in any kind of God, you're stupid. So this is materialism like to a T. They're, they're ushering it in. And all these guys have weird, sketchy pasts. And a lot of them have uh, seemingly diddled kids and have been accused of kid diddling. And James Randi, there's some really crazy audio recordings where he seems to be soliciting a kid. Uh, Creepy stuff. But these are the kind of people that come out of intelligence operations. These are the kind of people who aren't just organically out there writing their books about their best beliefs. They all hit the scene at one time. We grew up with them. I was an atheist for a long time because of these books. I I loved carrying around uh, God is not real in my Catholic high school because it was provocative, yet I couldn't really get in much trouble for it. So I loved doing that kind of stuff. So I read these books. That was the alternative perspective the way I grew up was to be an atheist. So I kind of went into it a little more than I probably would have otherwise. Uh, But all that stuff laid the groundwork to medicine, to big pharma, to science being the one true religion, and everybody adopting it. And that's it's hard to talk about something like terrain theory or or the, or just the fact that nature is now to kill you because it does start to get spiritual before too long. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's stuff that people aren't into anymore. They've dismissed that. So I really think that was the groundwork to get us to now. And it was very important. And uh, I think Chris was right, because I don't I don't think anybody is doing deep dives into those guys and equating them to, you know, the road we are on now. Yeah. And that's where, you know. Props to Alex at Skeptico as well, because he started pushing back on these guys a little bit. And and I feel the same way as they should have been dissecting some of the fake news and the fake science that's really affecting us instead of attacking, Mm -hmm. you know, Bigfoot and out of body experiences and and UFOs and all that and debunking all that. Like, why don't you attack the scientific community for the fraud it's doing? That's where we needed those guys. So that was that, you know, was a sign to me that they weren't really up to up to snuff. I start. I listened to a lot of their stuff like twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, and and I was I was into that. I went through a little bit of an atheist phase as well when I was younger, and then just the the making fun of the people that had seen UFOs or like the real stuff that I knew. As a matter of fact, there's a legitimate mystery there. Not that we had any answers, and just seeing how they made fun of that was was enough for me to to sort of leave that whole thing behind. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's else? not just the schools either. That's the thing is it's not just what you learned in school or the documentaries you watch. And like, 
My new thing I'm sticking to these days is like, you know, almost everything you're watching on your phone or your TV or your Netflix or your cable or your movie theater is all against you. It's all subtly manipulated, subtly, you know, it's all made to try and, and, and it's, it's this, this thing where your attention is kind of the, the biggest currency you've got. And when you start giving that away, your subconscious is highly, highly susceptible to manipulation on levels that we can't even understand. And we'll never understand because the brightest (laughs) minds have been hired away way before, you know, you know, the, the brightest minds in psychology aren't working at the community college. And they might be harnessing that attention, not just as a, a negative thing for you, but like your Michael Wan episode recently. I mean, they might be harnessing our attention for the, you know, the Olympic Games opening in, in was it London or whatever? And I mean, that's yeah. where maybe the egregore, the magic happens, right? If we're all paying attention to this symbolic gesture of what's going to happen in 2020, I mean, I, I keep going through this thing where I'm thinking, okay, there's no more synchro mystical things happening. I can't, there's, there can't be any more. And then I listened to your Michael Wan episode. I was like, oh my God. Like uh-huh. he put some pretty interesting things together there that just makes that whole Chris Knowles, Michael Wan thing, you know, very relevant right now. Yes, he is the best. And I really just stay out of his way when he wants to do an interview because he he knows exactly what we can get to in two hours. He knows the, the first hour, second hour split. Like he really just is very thoughtful to crafting the interview and coming full circle within an hour and then doing a second loop around for the second hour. And it, it's mind blowing. I mean, for people who don't know, he's kind of that a synchromistic who analyzes culture and looks for certain codes and things that repeat and things that kind of hearken to where we are now, like the Olympic Games or, you know, why does why in the dark night is there a Sandy Hook map? You know, and he's like, there's the strike zone. It's like weird stuff like that. And then obviously there was a dark night shooting for the previous movie. Why in uh why is Boris Johnson? That, see, that's just an <laughs> quoting, interesting quoting, one. Quoting, quoting, uh, yeah. Bane. Bane. So Boris Johnson was the mayor of London in 2012 when the Olympic Games happened, and they had that really ritualized ceremony that basically tells the COVID narrative in like some weird theater. And then now he's the prime minister. He's also the first world leader to get COVID. Funny. And then he quotes Bane, as you say, who is Bane? The one villain in those movies who wears a mask to breathe and has a very weird breathing pattern. And then they ask him in the movie, hey, what would happen if I ripped that mask off your face? He says, I probably die. And it's like, I I don't know if anything's real, man. I really do. I start to wonder, like, how controlled is it really? But it's just the box of man-made culture. Step outside of that box and then... You know, you're just in nature now. And I think that's kind of like you definitely need to to get out of that box once in a while for your own health, your so, own mental health. So that's that's kind of interesting to hear you say, because I'm wondering, because sometimes I wonder if Graham and I have just, you know, we decided to start this podcast. It started on UFOs and stuff like that. And, you know, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, it's kind of just like you said. I mean, I'm at a point in my life where I think it it's all fake. It's all like it started with the news. We, I mean, we were ahead of the curve before. I mean, everyone's fake news now that Trump's here. But I mean, we've been saying fake news news since 20, you know, for me and Graham personally, it was since we started listening to No Agenda back in 2013. 
and mm-hmm. they start to pull the wool over your eye off your eyes on what's all this media shit is all bullshit. But I mean, because we were into UFOs, we already distrusted the mainstream media completely. So these things overlap. Right. I mean, we were already I was already deconstructing some of the media before no agenda. Now I'm not sure if I believe anything before 1800 <laughs> is actual fact. Like I, I honestly yeah. don't know. Going, it yeah. could be even World War One or maybe sometime before that, but like. When it comes to history and everything, as far as I'm concerned, all bets are off. And I think the only way you could really maybe know is is having an inside inside access into a bunch of different cultures and seeing what their old books say or the mythology or what their history books say and see where the crossover is because I, I have trouble believing it all happened at the same time. But, I mean, it's I'm wondering if it's an effect of, you know, it's like we were talking about a couple weeks ago for in too deep where, where, but you know, we were into, we were talking to fucking Cernovich. I mean, love the guy or hate him, but he was kind of that same thing. And he's like, he's just a political pundit. And he makes the comment that, you know, as I start going down the fake news road, here I am three years later. And I think everything's fake. They say, you know, <laughs> I don't really talk about it publicly, but I don't trust the history or nothing anymore. Right. And that's kind of where, you know, you just mentioned it. And we mentioned it. Uh, I've, I've been saying it for a couple of years. Like, I don't trust the narrative on anything. World mm. War II, super sketchy world. I, I mean, anything. Hey now. <laughs> it's, it's fucking crazy. It is. I'm with you. You got to be skeptical of everything. And I think the theory that has the most weight is that there was a cataclysm and a coup. There was a cataclysm where the only people who were left were the elite who knew it was coming and they rebuilt society without even knowing, like without having a lot of the technology, just backcasting the story, co-opting the buildings that were left standing, you know, restructuring the Vatican and using everything they learned from the last round of history to redo it. And then, like, where are most of the the documents we have? They go to the Vatican Archive. They go to the Smithsonian because they knew that people would find shit. Yeah. And they knew that when they found shit, it had to go to a place they controlled. Yeah. And it does. I just, I mean, it it sounds like a lot, but I just think about what if an asteroid hit right now, you know? And what if the elite knew about it? Yeah. Like, would Henry Kissinger be able to recreate the cell phone? Probably not. You know, but he would be able to reconfigure a control structure out of the rubble of what was left, especially if they made it to their underground bunkers first. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my attitude about it. I know that it's a huge stretch. It's very weird because, like, when would this cataclysm have happened? And well, it seems like all the control came in. Or- no, no, we know when the cataclysm happened. The cataclysm happened right, right before the Younger Dryas, 13,600 well, years ago. Well, that's one of them. I think, yeah, I that think seems Greg's too thinking, far. Yeah. Think, I think Greg's Come thinking two, closer, closer. You think Come around 2,000 years. Yeah, because, some, because this, I don't think the control structure we're dealing with, which is, you know, the Vatican basically. You know, if we go back a few hundred years, it's basically the Vatican. And they didn't they didn't come out of the younger dress. It's too long. No, but that seems to be the last geological evidence of something no, like that. No, there's been but, big volcanoes uh in 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 the last couple thousand years, I think. I you know, but I'm interested to talk to Randall on what what because <laughs> I'd be interested to know if we if I think the ice cores do pretty much put it at that time though, doesn't it? Well, 
And the other thing is, like, they could have known that they were going to do this. They could have, like, known the secret history of the world and this is our plan. But maybe they couldn't get around to wipe out all the cultures until they had the power of the Vatican. Then they go kill off the Druids. You know, they go spread Christianity and, and wipe out anyone else who has any other opinion about anything. And then they stamp their foot down because, I, I mean, maybe we romanticize Egypt a lot, but maybe Egypt was an early version of a control system like uh, that wasn't all that that good. I don't know. It seemed like a society that was a lot more aligned with, uh, you know, discovering the mysteries of the universe and exploring the afterlife from this perspective. But maybe we romanticize it a lot. I'm saying it would have to be something like that to go all the way back to the Younger Dryas. Maybe the Sumerians were the early Vatican. The Phoenicians people talk about as a really pretty ruthless and, and dominant society. Maybe the Phoenicians did a lot of this to cover up the past. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. You wonder about how long the play could have been going on for or how recently, because like I said, I don't really trust much before like maybe a hundred or 200 years and it would be highly, highly manipulatable. Like, yeah. you, you know, the, the great wars of 1800 and stuff like that, whoever won just fucking wipes the place out and now it's your history. And we don't know that those people are any better than the people that are running the thing now. And if COVID sure. has taught us anything, it's that the nation states don't mean shit. <laughs> it's true. And and that's a, the question we really do need to start asking ourselves is if we know that we're not going to get a vaccine, whether you're all the way with me on terrain theory or not. I think a lot of people listening know that they do not want that vaccine. Uh, so what do you do? What are you willing to live without? Because that's going to be the real question. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll never get to meet in person because maybe our border will never open unless we all are vaccinated. Well, that's that a reality. We'll have to draw straws. <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> dig an underground tunnel or something I got a spot. Uh, and hang out down there. But I'm really worried about that. Maybe we won't be able to travel. Maybe we won't be able to go into a grocery store. Um, there are real concerns out there because I will not get vaccinated. Uh, I'm 100% confident of that. Yeah, me too. And, yeah. and I just want more people to be confident. Yeah. And that's why they should look at Terrain Theory. Before you know, we ran out of time, I did want to give people a list of books because clearly I'm just uh, you know some idiot spouting off, having a cocktail and and talking to you guys. But I would definitely look at the Infectious Myth website, David Crow's website. I interviewed him at the beginning of the year. David Crow has passed. Yeah, he he's had from Calgary, cancer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he had cancer and he passed, but he did release about 10 podcasts. And his website is basically the book he was going to write just, uh, you know, up on a, in a website form. So I would digest the Infectious Myth website because he was good. The Contagion Myth. Sally Fallon Morell and Dr. Thomas Cowan's book, very good. Goodbye Germ Theory is a book by Dr. William P. Trebbing. It's pretty good. I listened to the audio book. Uh, he goes on a little rant about 9-11, which I don't know if it has a place in that book. It doesn't bother me, but it wouldn't be the thing I would give to Red Pill, my scientist friend, you yeah. know, because they'd be like, classic conspiracy, got to go into all kinds of shit. Um and What Really Makes You Ill, Why Everything You Thought You Knew About Disease is Wrong by Don Lester and David Parker. I threw out an introduction to Don with you guys. I hope you guys make that happen. Uh, this is their book. I mean, good luck. It's not small. Like, There's no shortage. It's as wide as my head almost. There's no shortage of stuff in there. Um, Virus Mania is by two foreign names. I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but there's only going to be one Virus Mania book. 
And then there's also a book, Bechamp or Pasteur, a lost chapter in the history of biology by Douglas Hume. And that's where he goes over that Tesla Edison analogy that there was Bechamp and Pasteur, and we went with Pasteur. So all those books are really good. I would advise people to do their own research. I mean, always don't ever listen to, to some podcaster. Do your own research. Let it stack up. And I would also throw this out because I didn't know this until just the other day. But this is actually an article from 2017. So it's not tainted by any of this trendy stuff of 2020. But there was a biologist, a German biologist, Dr. Steven Lanka, who offered 100,000 euros to anyone who could provide scientific evidence that the measles virus existed. Not even that it made people sick, but that measles came from a virus. He's like, this has never been proven. It's been assumed. I'll give you 100,000 euro if you can prove it. It went to the uh, some guy tried to prove it and then take him to court and it went through the German federal Supreme Court. He did not have to pay because after it went to court, the Supreme Court decided that there is no evidence that there is a measles virus. Very strange. But I mean, that's one of those examples people always go to measles. Yep. Well, measles is something, but it's not caused by a virus. And a lot of things happen to our bodies during puberty and they just happen. We don't know why they happen exactly, but they happen. And it's very it's a very strange time in a person's life. We've all been there. Go back one step before that. And maybe there's a part of our lives where we get sick a bunch because we're building up our immune system for the rest of our life. Yeah, yeah. And so those things, uh, I think, are important. And I, I would hope people would do the research. And I want to align with more people who are willing to at least entertain this because we need to build out a resistance because the scary thing is not coronavirus, but it is all the things that are coming with that vaccine and the covid passport and all that bullshit so um i don't know i just that's what that's what motivated me i feel kind of ready this is the first one i've done and i don't i can't think i don't think ever in 10 years have i said hey i want to go do a bunch of other podcasts to talk about something yeah it's just yeah. i don't think i've ever done i've done other shows but never like a campaign yeah and uh i have no dog in the fight, except I need more people on my side because uh, I'm going to get crushed by the mainstream. Well, if, yeah. Uh, and, and like you said, and like you said, the very beginning, we can cycle back around to one of your first sentences was the scary thing is if it happens again and it's not point zero zero three percent or whatever that low percentage of death rate is, if it's 20 percent, then that changes everything. I mean, how do we deal with that from our perspective, but also from, you know, the health and well-being. I mean, that changes everything, and that's what—that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm worried about too. Is now they have a, they have a, uh, they kind of have who is who is on their side and who's not now. They have who's talking about it, who's not. It's pretty easy for them to tell what's going mm -hmm. on. We've been, it's I've true. been looking at, and they have everybody's genetic information now. I've been looking at decommissioned cruise ships. <laughs> There's a couple good ones. I mean, we can get a good, sea society. We can get a good like two thousand cabin person boat for like three million. If we could, you're gonna have a, to disable all the equipment though. That's we're fine. all gonna get sick. That's fine. We'll shut that shit off, and we'll have a movie night. Maybe we'll act out the movie. We'll fill all the pools with dirt so we can grow stuff, and we'll just head <laughs> out. We could buy a few of these things if we need to as it grows. We got to keep one pool because uh, quality of life is is also important. I mean, I want to, I definitely want to find a way to uh, thrive and survive, but life is not a competition to who can have the most breaths. 
you know, at the end of the day, joy and happiness are, are, got, are key components. And uh, I'll live on a cruise ship with you, but you got to give me at least one pool. We keep a pool and then we'll have all the boats <laughs> for swimming in the ocean. And we'll just like be just far enough off a beach that they can't come get us. We'll have some guns and stuff. It'll be great. <laughs> yes. I think. So, you... Go ahead. I, I was just going to say another thing I wanted to throw out um, before we ended up running out of time was that I'm trying to open up uh, plus a little bit more because I do think some of these interviews that are about this stuff are really important. And I don't want eight bucks to be uh, the barrier between uh, people getting it and not. But if you want to use the coupon code Gramerica, you can get a free week. You can get in there. You can download MP3s from there. I don't pull them away from you when that week is up. I hope that you'll stay around because you like what you hear and you like the way I put on a show. But if you don't, you don't. I mean, 2020 is a rough year for people. But if you, for example, just wanted to hear the second hour of Dr. Uh, Andy Kaufman, because you thought that was super valuable or anything, or Michael Wan, I don't really care what episodes you choose. It's not limited, but you can get in there, use the coupon code Gramerica, and you get a free week and just cancel before the seven days is up and you won't have a problem. That's a great idea. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, I recommend people do that. You got some fantastic podcasts. You're a great, uh, great host, great interviewer. Thanks. You guys yeah, too. I mean, great topics. I've seen, uh, I looked at the right before we did this, I looked at the lineup and, um, you know, you've had a couple of doctors I haven't heard of. But, you know, Gordon brought up to me the fact that, you know, a lot of the conspiracy people have jumped ship on this. They're not willing to take this to the mat the way we are doing today. Wow, wow. And, uh, you know, but who is it's the bro science guys. It's the, the <laughs> guys who are already on that in that wheelhouse. And some of them are doubting the narrative. You'll find that. Uh, shows that are not conspiratorial right. are are going down this like this is all fake. Fuck the CDC. Fuck Fauci. And it's like, whoa, you guys are actually confronting the biggest conspiracy of our lifetime, and you're not even a conspiracy show. <laughs> yes. So. Like, are you talking about the, are you talking about the biohackers and stuff, or like who? Yeah, like, exactly, okay. yeah, exactly. Like, the like, epigenetics people, yeah, the biohackers, Greenfield, the Dave Aspreys of the world, Ben Greenfield. Yeah, even the yeah. barstool sports guy I seen the other day had some crazy rant about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. very interesting how it's going to split up people in that way. I mean, there's a lot. The vaccine hesitancy has grown immensely. You're even seeing the mainstream articles now. The, 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 I saw a headline, so just a headline, but the American anti-vax movement is going global. Like people are waking up yeah. about the vaccines globally, which is very interesting. I also just saw Johnson & Johnson had to stop their human trials of the COVID vaccine because of an unknown illness, like some some uh, weird illness. They haven't described it. They haven't disclosed much about it, but they had to shut it down because they can't explain what happened to this person. Oh. And Johnson and Johnson's the company who had asbestos in their baby powder for 50 fucking years and didn't do anything about it. You think we should maybe not even let them be a company instead of injecting the world with something? Oh. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They just made a mistake, Greg, and they're sorry. No. <laughs> All right, I, I think that's something that uh, the East does right is they hold CEOs accountable for the actions of their company and they might just honor kill you right in front of the crowd. If you do something at that level of where you damage a lot of people, they don't stand for that over there. Yeah. Okay. This is, I mean, <laughs> we've kind of, it's kind of sad that we've kind of just as a, as a culture in the West, we've sort of just, We've given up. I mean, you talk to the average person 
And at some level, it might they might not check all the boxes, but there's checking like three boxes. You know, the cops are fucking fascists, or, the, or the they know the media. Yeah, the, yeah, you can't trust the drug companies. The country's for sale to the highest bidder. The politics. You know, there's one of those. You know, almost every fucking person will agree with one of those things. But it's like ah, the game's on tonight, and I mm-hmm. got a thing this weekend, and I'm a little hungover from yesterday. Right. So I it mean, is sad that a lot of people we probably love and cherish aren't on our page with this stuff. And that's a sad reality. I don't know what to do about it. You know, you're not going to be able to red pill all your friends and family. They're not going to want that. And you're going to end up losing yeah. them as a friend. Yeah. And on if a high try level, too hard. even the ones that are red pilled aren't canceling their cable. No, and they're not ready to 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 push back against the. The corporations that are making them wear masks. I mean, really, the corporate the corporations need to be pushing back because the people don't really have the power right now together. And the corporations won't do it. We were Darren and I were just talking about it before we we got on with you. Like they're the ones that need to be pushing back to the government regulations, and they're not. They're just they're playing pushing ball harder. completely. Right. They're fucking pushing harder. I they're making regulations ridiculous, like ri- ridiculously worse. I had to go get a note today that says I am exempt from mask wearing. And they did, you know where it is? I was going to ask you about that. They got me at work. The doctor looks at me and he says, you know, with your asthma, you could, COVID is a real problem if you get it. And I said, dude, I am not fucking worried about that. I'm more worried about wearing a mask for eight hours while I'm doing fucking physical activity or whatever. Well, congrats on that exemption. I think that's also the way a lot of us might be able to navigate the vaccine situation if we know the right people. Um, I think we all have enough listeners that we could say, hey, there's got to be someone out there. We in need that some doctors office. to contact us. Yeah. Yeah. Let, if it becomes an issue where we can't travel or we can't really do anything, then I'm going to need a doctor's note that says I did get a vaccine. And maybe wink, wink. We know one of those doctors out there who is on our side. I think uh, that's something I heard on No Agenda. them talking about uh, having some people write in who were like, this is how we get around vaccines. We're doctors and we don't want the vaccines, but they have to get them if they work in a hospital. So they just sign each other's papers. Ooh, we should day. just, put yeah, some, we should just pick some kid and put them through school. It'll just be our like doctor on staff. But yeah, I have a hard time with that though. Cause I feel like you're, you're, we're, 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 Graham we're doesn't want to lie back. He's a, he doesn't want to use their own tools against them. Cause that's lying. This is that's, my, well. This well, that's is not. Kind of, it's it's bigger than that. It's uh, not. That's part of it. But it's it's like if we all went and did that, then there would be no official pushback. Like we need, we need to do both. And I mean, I guess the guests mm-hmm. that I questioned on that, they did say you can do both. You know, you can, you can fudge your way through it and push back as well. But I would worry that just everybody finds this this other route and and the. The big pharma just thinks everybody's doing it or whatever, you know? There's no real fight back. That's like the same argument. I'm getting emails now because people are pissed because I'm taking the masks from McDonald's or Tim Hortons. I've got several emails now. So it wasn't just me complaining? They're like, I'm perpetuating the myth because I'm taking the free masks. I get a coffee. They're like, hey, do you want some masks? And I say, sure, because I might need a mask one day. Not for COVID, for other stuff. Well, I think the the masks thing is... Step one to the compliance level, like we're talking about, all these corporations are little totalitarian states. You got people working minimum wage at the door who are now having to check temperatures and tell people to put on masks. They're not security guards or police officers. That's not the job they signed up for. They're trying to just stock shelves. And yet now they have to police the environment. 
And I feel really bad for them because that is a rough spot to be in. If you're 16, 18 years old, just trying to get your first job and it's in some grocery store and you're doing this shit, like, and plus you're also scared of all the exposure you're getting because you've been <laughs> propagandized to think that it's a big deal. Like that sucks. But I think that the next step is, uh, is going to be vaccines and possibly even, you know, a lot of people are talking about the digital dollar tying into all this. What if the digital dollar, they've crushed local businesses, all the mom and pop shops are drying up. Meanwhile, McDonald's, Target, Walmart haven't been closed a fucking day. Amazon sales a thousand percent up. What if these companies, when they're the last ones standing, are the first ones to implement those uh, digital dollars? And it's like to shop here, you have to have the vaccine to use your digital dollar, to use your UBI that the government gives you on this debit card, this two thousand dollars that you now need because no one's working, you know. I, I'd say some of us, I mean, I, I have the luxury that I wouldn't need that UBI. So I might be able to take that debit card and just leave it on the table and just try to find some local source of meat or something. Cause obviously I still need resources, Give me a call. but yeah, I, I yeah, I'm going to be interviewing actually the guy who uh, sold me a cow in a few weeks <laughs> here. I don't know how good it's going to be, but, um, it's going to, it might be good for my relationship with the cow guy. You know, I'll, I'll burn a THC on that. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I really think that maybe those big corporations are the first ones to also have access to processing the digital dollars. Yeah, that's a really and, good way uh, to look at it. Yeah, we gotta uh, we gotta look out. That was something I got kind of from Gordon. He kind of a lot of people are talking about that digital dollar and how all these pieces will fit. But he was the one who really drove it home with like, well, there's only going to be corporate stores left, and all they need to do is roll out those ATMs first. And now, if all if eighty percent of the business is going to Target, Walmart, and Amazon. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Get them on board. Yeah. Oh. Scary times, guys. Bingo, but. bingo. Well, we had a little glimpse of light in the scary times. And, uh, you know, we're trying to split up the COVID with some regular stuff, too, and some how to Amen. just, you know, get your life back and how to just live a life that isn't, you know, like overtaken by COVID. Yes, I agree. People have fatigue for this. But now that I'm on the terrain theory thing, I'm really going to try to to pepper in the guests about that. It's really just, I think you guys would agree, we've digested all the the testing, the PCR testing, and how the numbers run. Like, fuck all that. I'm worried about the COVID control protocols that are going forward and a deeper dive into terrain theory and uh, really building that up so that all of people's questions are answered. Don't even be shy. Like Sally Fallon Morell and and uh, Dr. David Cowan, they just did a, a Facebook stream together. Dr. Cowan just launched a podcast where he's only got like six episodes. All of them are killer. They're not afraid to answer your questions. Don Luster and David Parker, they will. They want your questions because yeah. because like, they're like, yeah, we we think this is the right paradigm. And as Gordon always says, it's the Terrence McKenna quote. You know, if it can, if it's true, it can handle the pressure. It's, if it's true, it can handle the pressure. I, I love, love that phrase. That. That's awesome. Yes. 100%. Um, well, I think Greg, you guys, sorry, that, I was also going to say, go I ahead. think you guys probably agree that like, it's really exciting when you, when you record a killer episode, you're like, I can't wait to present people with this unique perspective, this provocative idea. Well, even that is way better when it's something that is also true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's why I'm really on this thing. Right I'm on. loving it. Especially when it takes a few years and it turns out to be true. And you did yes. an episode on it like eight years ago and everyone was calling you crazy maybe <laughs> or a little crazy eight years ago. And then it's like, hey. <laughs> anyway, Greg, 
We appreciate your time. You're welcome in Grimerica anytime. We appreciate you taking some time away from your uh, your guests. We'll let you get back to them and uh, come back anytime. Keep doing what you do. You're doing God's work over there. Hey, it was fun, guys. You thanks, too. Buddy. Thanks. Real pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Ciao for now. Peace. And that, that was a chat with uh, the mighty Greg Carwood. Yeah, I'll put all the links to the show notes. Uh, higher Side Chats, I'm sure, HigherSideChats.com is in there already, just uh, so we know. Greg knows that we told you about that, all the links. Put in coupon code Grey America for a free week. Go back and get some of those second hours and then, you know, keep it or not. But, yeah, get those uh, get those awesome interviews. You might as well keep it for at least a month. The Michael Wan one was great. I think I'm going to do it. Even I used to have a plus and I let it go. But I'm going to use the code. Go in there, get some second halfers. Some second halfers. There yeah. you do it. Codename Grimerica. We, of course, we got our black budget is crammed full of stuff right now. I had to, I maxed it out last month. I've still got stuff waiting to go in there. I've got the whole audio book of Secret Societies of All Ages and Countries, Volume One, ready to go into our black budget. Wow, really? Yeah, you're putting it in the black budget. Should we do that or? Well, I figure it's good to get it through the black budget before the deal with the publisher okay. is finalized. Okay. Okay, I guess, yeah. As long as we don't lose, you know, lose money Sales. that way. But, but I you guess, guys yeah, still we can buy push the it book. in the, It's yeah. a way to support the show. Grandamerica.ca yeah. slash support another way to support the show. Here's the problem, is that we can't get enough ears to just find that there's enough value in this show that we've done 452 episodes of for free. That's just not enough. So we added this, like, other 70 episodes of stuff in the black budget. We give that away for free if you just ask nicely. Sometimes that's still not enough. So we started making audio books. So maybe, and we even give you those for free a little bit, but maybe you could just buy one of those audio books and you'll physically get something for your money and yeah. we'll make a couple of bucks because some yeah. people need to physically get something. The podcast isn't enough. So uh, I think- But we will, we'll advertise that a little bit more well, once because yeah, we'll a couple big audio books are coming out. We've got coming a couple out. big titles coming up. And how do you get it? So, but you could get access to the black budget just by donating any, anything. If you right? do any one-time donation or any monthly subscription, the second you hit subscribe, you're going to get navigated to a page that's going to give you all the access okay. to all that stuff. Okay, good. Uh, of course, it's less of a paywall and more of a buffer so that we don't get in trouble for some of the stuff that's back there. Some of the crazy opinions we yeah. have or... You know, yeah, we'd still call it value for value too, because we will give it away for free. But we really hope that you donate something, anything, and you'll get access. And we should probably talk about this in the intro and a little bit more about the technical details of that and push it a little bit more. Yeah. So, but if you want, I mean, we do have the essentials of spirituality and the esoteric nature. Of the alphabet are both available on Audible right now, as narrated by the fabulous Graham Dunlop. Secret teachings of all ages will be coming out pretty quick. That's I mean, it's huge. hard to say exactly. I mean, that's a 40 hour book. It's hard to say exactly how long it'll be before they're out because the fucking review process seems to be a real coin toss. It takes months at a minimum, one month at a minimum. You it think, seems. really? Even with the shorter ones? I emailed them out Godman today and they were like, well, if we haven't heard, if you, if, if you haven't heard from us, it's still in review. And it's like, okay, well, you reviewed two other books in that time and yeah. approved them and yeah. not done with this one. So. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Anyway, secret teachings of all ages will be coming up soon. We got some Blavatsky stuff. Secret coming. doctrine too. Secret yeah. doctrines a few months away from being live. For some reason. Secret teachings of all ages will be live, hopefully within the next 30 days. 
Anyway, shoo, if you're looking for any of that stuff, the newsletter is a good way to get that. Gramerica.ca slash news. We got our, we, we broke a thousand ratings. Wow. What? Really? And we got a thousand and fourteen. Is that what that, We got a thousand and fourteen really? worldwide ratings as of Monday. I saw a real good Average one. Average is 4.8. Oh, of wow. Course, that's fantastic. I saw a real good one. one. one star. That I was hate it. alternative media. That was the one. That was the one that I noticed we were over a thousand. It was a one star. <laughs> America.css, iTunes, if you want to try and balance out that one-star review. Uh, I think that's about all I got. Support the show, guys. You're all we got. America.ca slash support. Without the support, there's no show. If the show's worth anything to you, let us know what it's worth. I think that's all. You got anything else? No, that's it. Thanks. Check out Greg's stuff. Check out our stuff. Do all the stuff in the show notes. We love you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. All your secrets to get a good handle on a better way to live How does one get out of bed every day in the throes of the apocalypse? Should I bury my head in the sand? Or sabotage their evil plan? I feel really trapped An ant burned by a magnifying glass It's all a little bit too convenient All the evidence went up in flames Phonies, fraudsters, scammers belong in the slammer My friend best give up their names Should I call on militia man? Or pass out a petition pen? I feel really trapped An ant burned by a magnifying glass I don't know what y'all been told, but I got a soul made out of gold. Sound off, one, two, sound off, three, four, cadence count, one, two, a three, four. Some time ago a crazy dream came to me, I dreamt I was walking into World War Three. as prophetic as humanity. Animals. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river in dark. As prophetic as deja vu, as wormwood, as falling stars above. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river in dark. I can't even hear my own thoughts for the life of me over the din of a bruised and broken culture the media spins and splatters and spins and clatters and i cringe because it's psychological warfare don't you feel yourself getting really mad how did we let it get this bad don't you feel really trapped like a brain in a vet to close Pandora's box but sirens are singing me off a cliff I'm looking to hitchhike to Shangri-La over yonder Sophia would you give me a lift hopped out of the Hegelian rebellion say goodbye to all you Machiavellians let evil destroy itself I'm bound for Shangri-La Shangri-La I'll let you be in my dream if I could be in yours. As prophetic 
dark Now we're floating it down a river dark As prophetic as white wolves As butterflies as rainbows Sophia sings it now We built a plane Now we're taking flight above a river bright